what I was trying to do, but... Yeah, manhandle the mic. That's great ASMR. <laughs> Dude, I think it's everyone's favorite part is when I'm destroying the technology. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's not spinning. Is it because my hands are sweaty? Probably. Are you yeah. nervous? I'm always nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. This is nice. We have a table. We have okay. We've always had a table in front of us, yeah, but, but now, now we, we have, have like, like a, table. a table, not like a not like a like desk room. attached to the yeah. wall. It's, and it's you know. and there's no computer on it. It's just it's a plain. I can lean. I can go to sleep. You could. <laughs> so. uh, I would recommend not because we do run a, a podcast. So like this is true. But I have a headache now. Did you bring a leaf in? Because I found part of a leaf just on the table. You know what? It's cool. Um, I'm gonna leave him here. It's uh set dressing. <laughs> Visual bits, baby. Why? Why was this important? You could have just picked up a leaf and just thrown it on the ground. Listen, why? man, I can make content why out of was anything. This I can important. make content out of anything. Oh, we know. We've heard your <clears throat> stories. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you want to hear another one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh, have boy. a story? Uh, well, I did for half a second, and then I went <laughs> away. So. <laughs> 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 Everybody in the in the crew has been making fun of Randy for having. I'm not making fun, just teasing her for having. It is a, making fun. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. No, it doesn't. <laughs> for having like a the an the, evil laugh. An evil laugh. <laughs> whatever she goes. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I'm trying to stifle it. Now. And then Cam does this really dumb impression of it, where she's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's really good. <coughs> I'm going to be coughing more than you. This is the first episode I think I'll be coughing. Oh, this is great. Oh, I haven't had a coughing fit in ages. I know. it's the, My favorite bit is not, is even, isn't even possible. There's no duck quacks in the episode <laughs> at all. And like, honestly, I think that we're missing out of a lot of content. So you're telling me to get sick? That's yeah, the... that's what it is. No, I got sick um, two weeks ago. Uh, I'm better now, much better. But there is a lingering cough because for some reason that shit happens, though. I haven't, I don't think I've gotten, no, I've been, no, because my coughing fits weren't sick. Those were just, I didn't talk all day and then suddenly had to talk for an hour straight and my throat was dry. Yeah, I mean, really. So, but I don't think since the pandemic started, I've gotten a cold and it's because it's like, I wear a mask all the time, wash my hands all the time. Like, I just, that's yeah. how you get sick. So how did you get sick? What are you doing? I live in an apartment <laughs> with four guys, uh, including myself, four guys. Um, and one of them and his girlfriend got sick and then I, got, um, I caught it cause I live. But our friend was also, Victoria was also sick. Yeah. She, which was totally random. This is so, why is everyone around it. me getting, I better not get it's sick. It's cold season. Like it's just I the air better not. is different and that makes people get, I don't know how colds work. Um, do you, do you, is it because they call it a cold because People say you can get a cold just from being out in the rain. See, I don't believe that one bit. It makes no sense to me how being out in the rain can make you sick. Or like you're because my mom always told me like like as a kid, like don't go out without any like socks or shoes because like the germs on the ground will get in your like. No. How does they get in your feet? How do they don't (laughs) that one? That one's an interesting one. I don't. And but even like what you're saying about the rain, like I don't. How do you get sick from that? I think it's just like because your body temperature is so low, like you just get the sniffles. Right, because you know, like when it's cold outside, sometimes people get the sniffles. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's just that, and then people think that it lasts for too long. Maybe it's just like 
culture, right? Maybe people used to go outside and get pneumonia I from think, being so fucking cold and like snotty and freezing to death. See, but I think people like you get sick like year round. It's just it's more common in the winter because nobody's like outside. Everybody's indoors to stay warm. People stay closer to each other during winter. That could be it. I'm going to stick with the pneumonia one because There's I also, think that one sounds interesting. Okay. There's also the beginning of like school. Like, you know, you get a lot of like, mm. and that's because everybody's just coming off of summer and yep. everybody's congregating again. So yeah. that's definitely, that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah. I didn't it, even think of that. Like everybody's getting back together mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, that's why they call it flu but, season. Yeah. Right? But now like we've been all back together for two, a month and a half. Why are suddenly everyone getting sick? Because it's just that taking that long for everyone to get caught For up. it to go around. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's been making its, its rounds. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody's had it. And so now no one, no one's going to be able to have it anymore. I didn't. That probably means that when I get sick, it's going to be real bad. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's gonna I be mean, I was, bad. it was pretty rough for me for about a day, but like. It kind of blew over after that. And now it's just like, like, I just have to blow my nose like twice a day and then cough like I'm just nonstop. It's the worst. I mean, I think being sick was pretty bad, but like post sick for this long is just, ugh, I just feel gross. And it's even worse nowadays because like the culture around being sick has changed. Yeah. Because now it used to be like you, you could have a cough in public and people would be like, ooh, he's got a cough. But like now it's like if you're sick in public, people will like give you. Like, like the side eye, like yeah. COVID? Like, yeah. excuse me, like, they'll well, get up and move away from you. No, it was just like, I mean, I think it was an upper respiratory infection, which, but not COVID because I, I've had my vaccine and also no one has had COVID around me. So I wouldn't, but who fucking knows? Maybe you, it was. Maybe you don't I, know. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I should have gotten tested, but it, it went away before like I was like, oh, this is bad enough for me to get tested, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway. This is Media for the Intellectually Impoverished. I'm Taylor. I'm Randy. And this is the podcast that... Enriches your mediocre lives. Um, it's been a while since we've said that. It's this been... is... You realize this is the first time that we've recorded, like, an actual episode, just the two of us, in months? Yeah, in a long time, because... Like, but we, like, so in August we recorded Pocket Changes, but mm-hmm. this is going to be the first, like, episode in months, just the two of us, because we also have a... Uh, this week, um, a guest episode is going up. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about that before I came in. I was talking to a friend while I was walking. I was like, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's exciting. We haven't had like a, like an episode episode in a long time. So, um. Forgot how to do research. Oh my God, I did too. You did? <laughs> I was, it was bad. I, was I have like, only one page <clears throat> and they're just like, if you go back on my notes, um, it's like pages and pages of like tedious notes. And then this one is just kind of scribbled all over the place in one mm-hmm. page. So, yeah, I mean. I think we're also just getting better at it. That's true. Like, we don't need to take as many notes. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that, like, I used to have to take, like, notes about everything. But now, like, what I do is I'll talk through it with someone else that's not you just for a minute, like, to get some ideas. How dare. I know. How dare I do podcasting correct? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't talk about these things with anybody. Yeah, well, I mean... Oh, man, there's so many mean things I could say. There, there are, and I was waiting for it, and yeah. then you lost your you chance. Know, so, nope. I'm, I'm not going to be mean for the first time Aw, thank ever. you. Um, Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today, Randy? We're talking about children's media. Children's media? What is that? Um, media made for children. Holy shit, who could have guessed? <laughs> this is so weird because now we have a table and eventually, like, we're getting ready to start, like, video recording and so i don't know how to look at you or to look at like the imaginary camera because we're set up to look at a camera but also it feels weird to just talk at the wall right now yep i mean you don't feel weird to talk at the wall 
when we're looking at a camera too. So I don't think so. I'm think pretty. So? I think I'm pretty comfortable in front of a camera. I mean, that's kind of ironic considering not, your personality. No, in front of I that. Let me fix that because no, there's a lot wait. of people who don't are listening. Don't break your legs backpedaling. Don't, don't, don't. I'm in front of a camera. I'm I'm okay in front of a camera in this setting because there's only the two of us in here. And then soon we'll have people monitoring. But that's fine. If I was in front of a camera on a set with a hundred people in the crew, no. Mm-hmm. I can do four or five people max. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. And even those people have to be like really close to, can't be strangers. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go first this time. Okay. I'm going to volunteer myself to go wow, first. Wow, that's I first. Know, that never happens Mm-mm. because I hate you. Uh- <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> this is, what happened to being nice? <laughs> I really thought about it and I was like, that's no fun. And that's it. That's it. it I'm not going to argue with you because it is... <laughs> Making fun of Randy's fun. I do it to myself. So <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, you can put in your quacks now. Now a quack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the Super Mario Odyssey. I didn't have a whole lot of. I, at first, I was like, "Oh man, what am I going to talk about?" I like how there are five things written down on your page of notes. Seven. <laughs> there are seven things One, written two, down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven things I written down. I still did more research than you. Of course you did. <laughs> Not more research. It's just thoughts. It's just a stream of consciousness. This Anyways, this gotta be like breaks. Oh, there is breaks. Yeah, because we keep moving the table. Yeah, you can click on the on the on the pedal. You just click the on button right there, and then it'll put a break on it, and then it won't move. Awesome. Now we can, cool. Yeah. Nice. Now I can put my feet on it because that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's what was going on. Okay. Um, cool. We're figuring things out. You guys can't see it, but we're learning. I'm sure my feet don't touch the ground. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you never. My feet don't touch. They do here, but in like other classes, when I sit down, my feet don't touch the ground. <laughs> Anyways, the talk about. Let's get yeah, on. Super Mario Odyssey released by Nintendo in 2017 as a launch title for the Nintendo Switch. Um, children's media, right? So mm-hmm. I was saying I was having a tough time trying to figure out exactly what to talk about and i was like well who does games for just kids like what games have i played that were made for kids in recent years since i've become like you know someone that looks at things analytically um and i was like the only thing i can think of is nintendo because they just i think everything they make is marketed towards kids in I think some so, way yeah right? oh i just hit the microphone i'm a bad podcaster i've already hit the microphone so many times you hold the microphone i don't but, think that counts but yeah like i have nails and so i like Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Scratch the microphone. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, Nintendo, I think, markets most of their stuff towards kids uh, in the sense that, like, Nintendo is the family, is the family-friendly gaming yeah. company. Yeah, Right? That's the head of family-friendly gaming. Uh, the reason that I picked it uh, was because I loved it. I mean, I think it's great. I think one of the things it does really well is, like, for kids' media, like, you can't make it boring especially in games right yeah can't it can't be boring that's what i'm gonna talk about as well i mean like when you're talking about children like short attention spans you gotta really like be entertaining and bright colors and like everything bright colors to get their attention Um, so keep their attention so when i was talking about it uh one of the things i based it off of my my notes was well how do i qualify children's media and i thought of things that i hate in children's media and Mm -hmm. i was like what does the opposite I hate just lots of colors for color's sake. Ex- yes. That makes me so mm-hmm. annoyed where it's just like, let's just throw colors, a shit ton of colors on the screen. And then, ooh, it's pretty um, without any like semblance of of art. Yeah. You know, I think Super Mario Odyssey does a really good job of color scheming 
um, and stuff like that. So each world has like a color, a defined color palette. Mm -hmm. The very first world you go to is this world where all the hats live because in the story of Super Mario Odyssey, um, Mario fights Bowser who steals Princess Peach and is trying to marry Princess Peach. Um, and he loses his hat and he meets this little hat ghost thing <laughs> person that becomes his new hat. And so it has the power to, if you attach, if you, you can like throw the hat and then the hat's name is Cappy. That's the best name. Cappy? Cappy. Nice. You throw Cappy. Solid. It's a great name. I mean, it's, Solid. it's to the point. It <laughs> it's, it's obvious. Yeah. Um, so you throw Cappy, and if you can land Cappy on an enemy, you can become the enemy. This is a recent game. Yeah, 2017. Did you say that already? I did. Oop. Released in 2017 by Nintendo. Oop. Yep. I was listening. Yeah, yeah I'm a listener. <laughs> active listener. Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, so every the first world that you visit is Cappy's world, and it's like a like a ghost place. It's supposed to be like haunted ghosts, and so they have this very dark color palette. Um, it's a lot of grays and blacks and dark dark blues, mm -hmm. uh, and it just like the art is colorful. Like it's not taking away from the oh, it's pretty colors. It's an interesting color palette. It's attractive to children, right? But it's not overbearing. It's not annoying. Right. It doesn't it doesn't like hurt my eyes to look at it. Yeah. Like yeah. some other things do. Not naming any names. Do it. I don't like the trolls movies. I think those are disgusting. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I think that their color palettes yeah. are disgusting. Have you seen the trolls movies? You just seen the trailers. I've seen the trolls movies. I've at Why? Because my mom wanted to watch them. I'm not going to say anything. About my mom, mom likes to watch kids I'm movies. I'm not going to say. I just there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's no, nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with adults wanting to watch kids movies. I am obsessed with Disney. Um, it's just trolls is an interesting choice. She liked it because it had music. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, and then uh, another thing that obviously Mario is a really well-known character, so it's very easy to create a game for kids based off of a well-known character. Yeah. Like Mario, he's like the second most recognizable character, maybe third most recognizable fictional character in probably. Oh, I'd the like entire to world. test that. You want to find that out? No, I mean, I would like physically like I'd like to like walk around the streets and be like, who is this? And see how many people are like Mario and people are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and how many people are like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. And my kids. <laughs> and just this random lady walking around with a photo of Mario like, who is this? Who is, who this? is he? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, I don't, I just. They've got my husband tied up. <laughs> I just want to know. Can I put my leg up here and this going to push it? I can still push it. It's I mean, fine. there's brakes on the other two wheels. I know. I can't get comfortable. Is that just like a, like in general or are you talking like right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> I'm 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 trying to get comfortable because it feels weird like I because I have to look at you, you but I can't to. turn yeah, I'll just stare at the wall while you're staring at me because you're trying to talk to me. And I'm like, nah, the wall looks interesting. Man, I really, really like the sound paneling. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't turn my chair because my chair's too tall. It'll hit the table. And so I have to turn my neck. But then my neck starts hurting. And so I don't know how to. OK, just just keep going. All right. I will. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the one who keeps cutting you off. <laughs> I'm trying to do a podcast I here. I mean, I'm come sorry. on. Have a level of professionalism. <laughs> I can be professional. Oh, yeah. Do you want professional, Randy? Oh, God, I hate it. She's just sitting there, like, 
staring directly at the table, her arms crossed, holding the mic with two hands. Oh, it's gross. Well, at least she's not talking with her feet anymore. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing is that the game plays really simple, right? It's not Mm -hmm. a super complicated game. You just throw the hat um, and then you can jump. And like the core mechanics are all you need to beat the game. Now, in that, there's a high skill cap for the the controls right so they are the core mechanics themselves are simple and the things that you need to beat the game are very simple it's just the jump it's just to throw the hat um and you know things around that nature but the the controls themselves have so many varied options there's so many different moves and different things that you can do with the with the way that the game is laid out and with the hat you can like jump off of the hat in midair you can um, throw the hat and hold it and uh, just have it sitting there. You can spin the hat around you. You can do a spin jump. There's so many different movement options that allows for a high skill cap on the on the movement options and on the movement options, which is really interesting for a kid's game. Yeah, but and, so would you be able to still beat the game if you even didn't do all of those moves? If you just did the simple like running and throwing the hat? Yeah, or, okay. yeah and that's the, and it's designed to be beatable like that. But what's so interesting is they added all these extra movement options to to just sort of vary the gameplay, right? Yeah. And so it has a huge, and I mean huge speed running community because of the ability to skip entire chunks of the game without glitching it at all, just using those movement options that were put in the game right oh, okay cool um and i think that that's something that i think children's media should do is it should find a way to appeal not to speedrunners, but to just fucking adults right mm-hmm. give give adults something interesting to to latch on to and i think the the thing that they do well is is the movement and the controls it's very satisfying to play another game that does this like movement thing really well is the spider-man games and i can just sit there and i have i'll just sit there and swing around new york city as spider-man do nothing in the game but swing around and then listen to a podcast. It's just so, there's something so satisfying about the movement. Um, and when I was playing Super Mario Odyssey again earlier this week um, to prepare, by earlier this week, I mean today and yesterday. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we're professionals. Because we're professionals. We know how to run a podcast. It's I okay. Was, I was just sitting, I played it on, Chris has a, a save file that is 100% complete. He's beaten everything. So I was like, hey, can I just play your save file so I can get some ideas of what to talk about and i just sat there and i just ran around the map and did jack shit because it's just so fun Mm -hmm. to just move around and it's it's so interesting how as an adult or as a kid that the like the movement options is something that's so universally attractive about a game it it just it just blows my mind right Uh, and the last thing sort of that i want to touch on before i kind of get onto the the fun points is (laughs) the story is really simple right so Mario has been saving Princess Peach for 50, 20, 35 years. 35 years. It's 36 years. It's more than that. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure because I remember Super Mario 35 was the. Let's see. Hey Siri. When did Super Mario Brothers come out? Super Mario Bros. was published September 13th, 1985. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Um, I don't know why. 30, yeah, 36 years. But Nintendo itself as a company was started way earlier than that. Way earlier. Yeah, Nintendo okay. was around, I think, when Nazis were still around. It was before that. I thought it was like almost like at the beginning of the, like, 1902 or something. Hey Siri, when was Nintendo started as a company? Here's what I found from Wikipedia ORG. The company was founded in 1889. As- 1889. 1889. Wow. 1889. Okay. That's not the point of the... Well, yeah, no, but um, 
Yeah, he's been around for 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 thirty six years. He's been saving Princess Peach um, the entire time. the entire time, <laughs> and it, it's it's just such a simple formula, right? So in this time, like I said, he loses his hat, he gets a new hat. He's just going on another adventure to save Princess Peach, and Bowser wants to marry Princess Peach, and Mario has a crush on Princess Peach, so he's like, I can't let that happen, right? What T? It's total T. <laughs> T. Um, and you get there, and there's just these fun little bits, right? Like the story itself is not the main point of the game, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I think that it's not necessary as a piece of child's media, specifically like a video game Mm -hmm. where the the core point of the of the piece of media is not to be taken in as a, oh, this is an interesting story. It's, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a fun experience. Um, The point of it is to to, to be fun. Um, But but the characters aren't overbearing or annoying, which I feel like happens a lot in children's media where they're just trying to be so quirky and so appealing to kids and so goofy that it's coming off as annoying to the adult people like when children partake of media it's typically not their decision which media they get to partake in yeah i would agree with that yeah that is down to the parents or Mm -hmm. down to the adults in their life even fucking television that's up to adults who are running the tv i mean it's and it's it's not the case with everybody i mean some parents not saying whether it's bad or not, it's however you want to parent your children. But some people will just turn on the television and then, like, just let their kid watch whatever comes up on, like, this, like, specific, like, Disney, like, children's, like, networks, like Disney or Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or things like that. But there are, like, I mean, when I was a child, like, it was, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? It was, I was watched on what I was intaking as, a, like, so. Monitored. I was monitored. That's the word I'm looking for. And so, yeah. And especially when it comes to video games, like, I can't remember playing video games as a kid. I think. I played Cooking Mama and Mario Brothers. I think those are the only two games that I had because I had a DS. And I, have I told, I've told the story of breaking my DS, but those are the two games that I had on my DS. And so. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to video games, because someone has to purchase that. Like, no child is walking into a GameStop and like, give me Call of Duty. Um, well, I'm sure there's at least one. Um, You'd be surprised. The amount of kids that come into... I mean, I work at a bookstore, but the amount of kids that come in and like will like, just give me the book and the money that they're... And I'm like, who... Are, do, do you have permission to buy this book? I don't know if I they're can. Like, it's like a, like a six-year-old. It's like, here, I want Fifty Shades of Grey. And it's been, we sell a lot of manga and so like a lot of like there will be kids they look like nine years old and like they'll come up with their money and like a, a fat stack of manga and I'm like... Are you make sure none of them are wrapped? Yeah, like I don't know what um it's it's weird, but yeah, but you're right. Like that especially when it comes to like video games and things like that. Like it's yeah, it's heavily monitored. It's more monitored than I think other forms of media. Yeah. Um especially in more recent years, I think it, people have become mm-hmm. more active in monitoring, especially gaming companies have been coming under like like selling companies yeah. have been coming under flack for selling games to And children. I think just briefly to just say when we talk about like children's media, we didn't give like an age, and that was something that I was struggling with when trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, because like we're adults and we haven't really. I mean, and we're talking about this from the perspective of being adults and like what we experienced as children, which wasn't that long ago, but also like we're not talking about like five year olds or like three year olds, like because there is media made for them. There are like very like child child like media and i don't think either of us could talk about those and there aren't any video games for like a four-year-old i mean there's fucking sesame street stuff but nothing yeah but it's not gonna be like on a like a console that's gonna be like you're gonna buy like a toy that like you can do like two three things on that's Mm -hmm. like a game yeah um 
But so we're talking about more. I I don't know when where to put the cap on child. I mean, I put the cap on twelve. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, yeah, twelve. Because after that, it's like teenager. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like that. Oh, puberty, and you have to give them puberty stuff, and that's when they start watching teen romances. And, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's 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 the cap that I thought of. I was thinking because when I was talking to um, my roommates about like what we were doing today, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, children's media," and they're like, "Oh, I watch this." Like, what's your age range? And I was like, "I don't know, fucking six to 12. Um Six to twelve. Okay, six cool. To 12 that's is, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, because I think anything younger than six is going to be watching that's, like yeah, like, like Sesame Street, Sesame Street and things and like stuff. that. Um, Blues Clues, Dora the Explorer. Yeah, I mean, I think that that can still be children's media. Oh yeah, and I think that the line there is it's just very great because children's media it's either marketed towards kindergartners or it's marketed towards like third graders and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's about the extent Mm -hmm. that we're gonna get um i also just don't think we could talk about like intellectually or get anything out of talking about i think that my recommendation because i came prepared with really i didn't okay Um, good for you i'll figure that out later my recommendation is targeted towards younger kids but it's still extremely like, I can still talk about it in a lecture. Okay, cool. Like, well, we'll, we'll get, get in that, that at recommendations. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. I just felt like we needed to, like, mm-hmm. have that caveat. Yeah, I think, but what I was saying is, like, the characters aren't, I mean, they're very simple, right? Mm-hmm. Mario just wants to go save Princess Peach. Bowser also wants to marry Princess Peach. And Princess Peach doesn't have feelings for either of them in that way. Um, And she just wants Mario to come and save her. I don't know. She's... Very blasé in the whole situation. Is she really? I think so. That's that's the vibe. Mario that I get. and Peach aren't together. I don't think canonically now. I'm pretty sure that they wanted that at one point, but I think now it's just sort of they're like good friends, and there's okay, a that's love triangle. Weird. That's the way that I. That's the vibe that I caught when I played it. In a children's game. No. <laughs> In a children's game. Love triangle. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, I think that a lot of children's media can struggle with attempting to be cute attempting to be quirky but not quite knowing where to draw the line Mm -hmm. right and then that becomes so uncomfortable for the adults who are purchasing the media or watching the media with the kid um because i think that you have to make children's media accessible or at least likable or tolerable Tolerable, i think is the very bare minimum uh for adults Mm -hmm. to watch or partake in otherwise like there's going to be no engagement um, in your media at, at all from the adult side. And that's not good because those are the people that are making the kids watch mm-hmm. it or having the kids play it or, you know, it's. And so I think it's important that you 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 make it accessible or tolerable for those for those adults or if not like specifically like, you know, engageable or enjoyable for them. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's. It's sort of a waste of potential in in media when it's just like, oh, pretty colors, oh, um, pop music, oh, uh, trolls. Um, But it's it's not even just that. I I get what you're saying, but also like, and that's why I wanted to define an age range, because I think you can cross the line where like that whole like we've clearly not clearly, but we've defined it from six to 12 years old. And that's that's a very specific age range. And below that, again, it's the Sesame Street. It's these like educational kind of like shows that you'd watch. And I think a lot of the time when you're marketing towards children, all of that just kind of gets like grouped in together. And so a show that is maybe meant for like 10 or 11 year olds on the older side of that scale are being babied too. And you don't want to like baby those, that audience, like with like bright colors that mean nothing or like a story that's, yeah. 
not there yeah. or like you, the thing with children's media is you really really need to nail down which age range you're going yeah. for and what gender yes because i think thing. it's important um in media if you're if you're pandering towards young girls they're not going to enjoy the same thing that young boys mm-hmm. enjoy and vice versa mm-hmm. um and even even with like you know inclusion of like genderless <laughs> stuff and like that like just bare minimum like you need to pin down who exactly you're pandering towards because that w- without an audience you can't make media i think that that is is, is one of the bare minimums of going yeah. into creating something you need to know who your audience is um because like how do you attract those people how do you get those people to engage with you if you don't know who they are mm-hmm. um, and i think children's media has a problem with that uh in trying to do too much in trying to include like three-year-olds to to 12-year-olds all in one group and then it's just like Either you're going to lose the three-year-olds because it's becoming too dark and gritty or dark and gritty. It's gritty as a kid's show can get. Um, um, I will talk about it. (laughs) uh, It's getting too dark for those younger kids or it's being too babied for the older kids. Kids, Yeah, it's it's just if you can nail down like, oh, I'm doing this for um, like like, I don't know, nine to 12 year old like boys or nine to 12 year old boys and girls even if you choose to do something for boys and girls if it's or any gender at all like you as long as you know that Mm -hmm. and you define that then it's easier for you to create because like girls don't like fart jokes as much as guys like fart jokes you have a bunch of fart jokes chances are you're not going to get as much female involvement right and that's and if you're pandering towards females then it's not going to romance not gonna go yeah so (laughs) that's i mean that's my spiel with with kids media i i can go on for hours i mean i have questions like is it necessary to have morals in kids media like is it necessary to i don't think it is i think because i was talking about we could have also talked about commercials we could talk about commercials there's so much um there's a lot because that's but that's a big deal right now is like i feel like recently i heard about like a lawsuit against a lot of like toy companies and stuff because they were putting like subliminal messages into their like commercials for like that are geared towards kids and like is that like morally like ethical and like it was that's that could be a whole yeah another topic good god it's just like kids are so impressionable yeah and that's and if you're making media for those kids you have to keep that in mind right Mm -hmm. that what you're putting into these kids heads could be there forever like you, you grew, you grew up watching Disney movies. You still fucking watch Disney movies. Love Disney movies all the time. What were you saying about more, like moral? Yeah, I don't think I was talking um, to some people, and one of the things that I brought up was: Is it necessary for children's media to have morals? Because sometimes um, you'll see children's media push a moral. Mm-hmm. Like, do this, don't do that, be nice to your friends, or, you know, include everybody, or fucking trolls, where it's like, anybody can be happy, even if they don't look like they're supposed to be happy. I don't fucking know, I don't yeah. care about the movie. Um, is it necessary to for for children to have morals pushed on them, or can children have purely entertainment for entertainment's sake? And it was split half and half. Some people were like, oh, as children, you know, you should be learning how the world works, so we need to have morals in our media so you can teach them these things. I'm like, but no, is it the responsibility of entertainment 
who teach children their morals. See, here's the thing, because you're asking a very specific question, and you do this a lot where you add the word necessity into the question. Is it a necessity to have morals in children's media? No, I'm going to say, because you say no, right? That's, I'm going to agree with you. No, it's not a necessity. I think it's beneficial if there are morals placed. Again, because I can see both sides. I can be like, yeah, they're children. They need to learn how the world works. Yeah, that's the responsibility of the parent. But also, if the parent's telling them one thing and they're watching media that's telling them a completely different thing, they're going to get confused and they're not going to, like, then their morals are going to be, like, screwed up for the rest of their lives. And so... No, I don't think it's purely on entertainment. I think it's beneficial if children's entertainment includes morals. I mean, how also just how would you go about making children's entertainment like for the purpose of entertainment? I mean, how do we make movies for the purpose of entertainment for adults? It's the same. They way. all have messages in them. A message is different than a moral. Okay. Right. I would say movies that push morals are are very they're like all the same story. Right. Include these people because well, I didn't think they were what they were. Yeah, I didn't think they were allowed in. Bad or like, it's it's yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that when it comes to movies, like, can you not just tell a good story like Aladdin? Right. Is there do you feel like there's a moral in Aladdin? Yeah, you're right. There's, there's, there's not, not really no. a moral in Aladdin. But is it a good story? Yes. Yeah. OK. Right. It's still a child's piece of media. I, I think that a lot of other Disney pieces might not quite fall into the same thing because they were fables first and a fable is supposed to have a moral right mm -hmm. but like there are pieces of media that are considered children's media that are just pure entertainment pieces and they're still children's media and they're still amazing do they have to have morals i feel like hollywood is pushing this children needs morals or they just need to be wacky goofy shit right yeah it's like it's either fucking minions from despicable me or it's don't discriminate and those yeah. are the two movies that we're getting for children right now. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that's just my beef with the children's media is that I don't feel like they're allowing. For, well, what's wrong with just the wacky stuff? I feel like it's just dumb. I mean, you could be making good like like I fucking said, Disney Aladdin. Yeah, like, that is an amazing piece of media. It's made for children. It doesn't take away from the but fact it's that it's also a, I get what you're saying about wacky, but also you got it. Aladdin's pretty wacky. I mean, I mean, like, it's not wacky in the same way that Despicable Me's Minions stuff is right, wacky. Yeah, right. That's just slapstick humor, but not good slapstick humor. Okay. I think that there's a there's a line that you need to toe there. I think Looney Tunes is amazing slapstick humor, right? That's really well written slapstick humor, good pacing and stuff, and it's it doesn't feel the same kind of. Like, ugh, it's Minions again. Yeah. Right? Okay, it's just yeah. that kind of thing where it's just the same kind of stupid jokes over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, like, Looney Tunes has, has the, the fucking three story. What, what was that called? The Rising? We the figured story? out the name for it a while ago and I forgot. Yeah, we're it's, so It has good. a three act structure. Is that what you're trying three to say? Three act structure, yeah. right? Even though it's slapstick, it has that three act structure. It all builds up to this one point and then it ends. Um, but I feel like it just like with minions and with the way that they're portrayed as just these whatever, they just do dumb shit and they don't stop doing dumb shit and then things go right for them because they keep doing dumb shit. Have you seen minions? Yeah. Okay, I haven't. So I can't really speak on it because I can't. I mean, I just know from like all of like, I don't want to say that they're memes, but just like all of the, there's just so much minion like crap out there. Like you see it in stores and online the trailers and just it's everywhere and so i'm like yeah this is enough we're, we're good this is you were supposed to be just in despicable me and like that was it this why do you have your own thing now um it's the worst so i haven't seen it so i can't speak to exactly like how wacky it is i wonder 
Well, if you're saying there's no like morals or any message in it, then we have to believe you. But I'm sure I could find one. I just don't think. I think that it's either morals or it's dumb slapstick. No, I get what you're saying, and I see the distinction between the two. But I also think, I don't know. I think you can find meaning in almost anything. That's true. I mean, and that is like a like a core philosophical thought about media that mm-hmm. people debate on, right? Mm-hmm. Is there meaning? Should there be meaning in every piece of media? And um, well, I not just should. I think there is. I think every story you tell, you're you have some agenda. You have something that you are trying to say with that story. You don't think so? I mean, killer clowns from outer space. You've brought that up before, and that's the one like thing that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the one that doesn't have <laughs> a purpose to it. I guess. I'm okay. So I'm just. I'm sorry. I have to. It's the. It's no, it's warning the human race against killer clowns from space. That's what <laughs> <laughs> that's the message <laughs> if you see a giant clown don't try Run to the beat other it way. up like, it'll... They were, when did the movie come out they were warning us because remember the clowns that were like In wondering yeah. that was so weird yeah. we talked about this so long ago and I'm sure it's the same, same conversation thing. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna did you finish everything you wanted to say I mean I could go on for hours about oh, okay. how much I hate children's media and in, in, in the pop culture right now but I see I mean, I actually, so I'm going to talk about mine, Um, but before I do, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know how to do this. Um, Well, I'll just start talking because you you kept saying a lot of things that I wanted to butt in, but I didn't want to keep cutting you off. I'm sorry about that. I hope you got to say everything that you wanted to say. Oh, I'm sure I did. I mean, I came in with fewer things than I ended up saying. Oh, okay. Well, that's good that you said more than what you had to do. Of course, it always happens. Um, But so, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you about like, I like, I mean... Obviously, like, I'm a child at heart still. Like, I, I love Disney. And... You're going to be like, I'm a child. And I was like, Randy, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> You've been an adult for a while now. Yeah, it's been a, been a couple years. No. <laughs> no, but I'm still a child at heart. And so I love watching Disney. I love watching, like, the television shows. Even, so this is where I'm going to say, like, even recently, not, like, within the past year. I want to say in high school, like, when I was a senior in high school, so maybe, like, 17 or right when I turned 18, I was still consistently watching, like, children's children's shows, like uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or, like, Curious George, because I'd get up so early in the morning and I'd leave my TV on because I need something to fall asleep to. And when I'd wake up, it would, so at night, it's like, like Zach and Cody but then when you wake up it's like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and so I would I, like to say that I feel like Zach and Cody is still not a good like oh I'm an adult watching adult oh, television no, okay 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 <laughs> I okay I'm we we know that I like watching Disney, okay? Know, so just, anything way, on Disney. The way you phrased it was like, okay. oh, at night, you know, they're playing the adult shows like <laughs> no, Zack and Cody. No. But then in the morning, it's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And okay, wow, there's the a tone shift there. No, there's a distinction between those two because Zack and Cody, again, is geared towards a older, older audience. Older boys, I would yeah, say. Than Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Mickey, is. Yes, I would agree. Um, but I don't want you thinking that you're all high and mighty because <laughs> you're sitting there Cody watching Zack and Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, like sitting there with it as an adult with like your 30 plush animals from yeah my squishmallows and you're just like watching zach and cody like i'm an adult, adult. <laughs> i bought those squishmallows with this my adult money 
<laughs> no, but so, and I, my whole point was that I'd still watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And I remember like sitting, cause it would always end right before I had to leave for school. Like I could watch the end of it and like go, could I have left earlier? Yes. And gotten to school a bit earlier? Yes. But did I know? Because I had to see the ending you of Mickey Mouse. had to see Mouse what all the tools were for. I right? had to see. They're surprise tools <laughs> that'll help us later. What the fuck are they for? I know you're making a joke, but I'm being serious. <laughs> it must be my OCD or mental illness or you whatever. You just sit there. You missed it one I'm day like, and you're just sitting there know. in your class and you're just like, I got to know. I got to <laughs> know. know. What was it for? <laughs> it had, it was like a, it was like a hand at the edge of like this really long, like spring thing. What was he going to grab? Someone, I, someone tell me, because I can't look it up. There's no way I can find that episode. Yeah, how would I look at it? <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. So, like, even, like, those children shows, they still get you. That Even as an adult, they still, <laughs> they still get you somehow. <laughs> what was it for? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> I don't know what uh, uh, Mario. <laughs> it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, we're like, look how long we've already uh, we're going been going. For so long. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about Gravity Falls. Yes. Did you know that I was going to talk about this? You did tell me this. Okay, I cool. remember you telling me this two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Okay, cool. Um, and I've been watching it consistently every night because I just fall asleep to it. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I missed seven episodes. I go back and I'll watch it again. Well, yeah, that's what you do. You play it and then you go back to the point you remember and then you yeah, watch from watch there. Again, and then you yeah. play it and then you go back. To, it's just like a, until you get to the end and, and then you start over. No. That's exactly what I did because like three days ago I finished it and I'm like crying and like I'm so sad and like it's it's great and it's a beautiful ending and I'm like okay back to episode one yeah it's <laughs> so, it's great um but so I mean I'm gonna touch on everything that you said like children's media it has to be like entertaining it has to be like colorful is like one of the things to like keep like an audience engaged um funny was something else that I thought that had to be like that necessary in children's media. I don't think there's any like dramas geared towards children. No, I, I was trying to think of one when you said that, but I couldn't pick one off the top of my head. That or doesn't. tragedies yeah. geared toward children. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bambi. Oh um, no. <laughs> but, but no, I think you're right. I think that Humorism. if it's not, if it's not, blatantly humorous mm -hmm. as a piece there's there is going to be some humorous relief or some side yeah character that is the humor and then i actually also wrote down message i said that it should have a message but again we talked message is different than morals yes because the message could be kill your parents but that's not necessarily that's not, a yeah, moral. moral yeah okay um so it's <laughs> just <laughs> So for entertainment, like just sake, I think Gravity Falls is like it definitely has an older community based around it. Definitely adults. And I mean, it's I can't say I didn't actually look that up if it was it is geared towards children. It was on like the Disney Channel. Yeah, and I mean, like, it was on Disney XD. Yeah, but because it was for older children. I don't but. know if like the creators were actually sitting in there. That's the other thing. If you're creating it, like why would you dumb it down to such a level that like if you couldn't tolerate the, like the the story that you were telling, like you'd have to you'd have to bring up the story and like 
added so much like depth and intrigue into the characters that like you enjoy going into work every day to create those stories. Yeah, you know? are you talking about like in general as a child media creator? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's what I'm trying to get at. Like because my point is is that Gravity Falls it has like a, a higher like an older audience, and so I'm just yeah. thinking was that intentional? Were they like oh we're gonna make this and look like even some twenty year olds are gonna like this show? Yeah, or I was mean, it just them like oh I I like what I'm doing, so I'm just going. It's geared towards children, but also I like this storyline, so I'm going to make it. This I, way. I remember I have because I I loved this show so much. I remember watching it. I watched every episode as it came out. I, I did was too, yeah. following all the clues and stuff because um, it's got a whole bunch of clues. Oh, it's great. But anyways, I remember yeah. I have the I have the box set and I watched the director's commentary of the episodes. And one thing that Alex Hirsch, the creator of it, mm -hmm. said um, was when he made a kid's show, he was like, I'm just going to keep pushing the limits. I'm going to push it so hard I until see. someone tells me to stop. So, OK, cool. Um, OK. And so he he when he was writing the first few episodes after he got greenlit, mm -hmm. um, he, they kept coming back and being like, OK, well, you have to change this because this can't be put on the kids show. Oh, and so wow. they would change it to something else um, like hell. They couldn't say hell. They couldn't say um, like they, there were just certain words that they couldn't say. Of right? course. So yeah. They, cause there's, come yeah. And so a lot of like the unique way that they like curse in the show is all because they wanted to say bad words but they couldn't yeah they couldn't say like kissing or something or make out and so they had to come up with other stuff for that it's just and, and it very well complements the style that alex hirsch writes yeah um because he's so absurdist so anyway continue no so i mean and i don't so i like the show and that and obviously i've been watching it recently and it still talking about like it being like entertaining it still makes me laugh like, I was watching it in this room earlier today just because I was doing research, but also just have it on in the background because I like listening to stuff. And I was laughing out loud. I was like, this is dumb. Why am I, like, laughing at this? It's just, just it's good. It's, it's and something that, like, it's absurd. It's, and that's the word. And we've talked about this before off of the podcast and, like, how, like, you got a lot of, like, your ideas for a project that you want to work on from this um, and just the absurdity of it. And that's what makes me laugh but there's like also a line because i started thinking of spongebob because when i was a child i the first thing that i ever remember watching on a television was spongebob and i remember like exactly where i was in my house and everything and it was again it was something that my dad had picked out my dad liked spongebob like and he watched it as a fully grown adult because he thought it was interesting and then let me watch it but then it got to a certain point where I'm, and I tried to pinpoint it. I think, like, it just got too, like, wacky is the word that we're using of just, like, just colors for no reason and, like, no, like, messages is something that I, like, that's why I wanted to focus on messages is because the episodes of Spongebob that are coming out now make, like, no sense. They're just absolutely, like, out there. There's no, like, I couldn't give you an example because I haven't watched. I've seen some of them, but there's... I can't think of a specific one off the top. Like, I think there's one with, like, a goo ball or something that comes out of, like, Blue Lagoon. Like, whatever the, the lagoon is called. And, like, they fight it and that's it. And, like, what are you supposed to, like, get out of them fighting a giant goo ball? But when I was younger, the very, I mean, the very first episode of Spongebob is him like wanting a job at Krusty Krab and then the their people uh, Mr. Krabs and Squidward are like no you can't have a job go find this special like f uh, spatula and then you can work here and he goes and he finds it and then he like does everything like he cooks all the Krabby Patties and everything and it's like and he feeds all the anchovies and he feeds, feeds all the anchovies and it's like it shows that like determination will like get you places and that like 
the workplace isn't always a good, like your bosses <laughs> yeah. hate you sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, don't underestimate the, the little guy. Yeah, don't something. underestimate like the little guy. Like there's these like these messages to it. And like so much to the point that like my dad at like was like 30 years old and watching it like is incredible. But then it it devolved into like something yeah, that I want to like, say that Randy's dad is not like a happy-go-lucky you met guy. my dad yes he is very very he, i wouldn't say he's super like serious mm -hmm. but he's like he's not like the kind of guy that's that's gonna laugh out loud but mm -mm. the fact that he's sitting down and watching spongebob is so surreal to me yeah isn't it crazy it's crazy to think of it myself yeah the only like the only things that i have like memory wise of your dad is just him building things in your house mm -hmm. and just like every time i've seen him he's either been building something looking at something he's built or playing with your dogs yeah and like those are like such manly <laughs> things. I'm just like him sitting down watching, watching SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yeah, so strange. Um, but then it got to a point. I remember, and even I'm not even talking about like today, like because today I think the episodes are just so devolved and like just make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and I think part of that is Steven Hilberg, the creator, is dead. He's dead. Yeah, he passed, he passed away. away. Um, and so now they can take the show wherever they want. But mm. um, even when by the time that I got like maybe eight or nine, like then it was even too much for my dad to continue watching. Like, we'd turn on Spongebob, and he wouldn't want to watch it anymore. He'd like, can we watch something else? And we were like, but you love Spongebob. And it's like, because even at that point, you could already see, like, it slowly, like, devolving into something else. And I think children's shows, like, they have the tendency to go on for a really long time. And, like, just because that's, I don't want to say it's easy to make children's media, but it's, like, it's something that you're always going to have an mm -hmm. audience for. And, and it's so, not just that it's easy to make children's media. It's once a piece of media for children takes off that's it like they can just like the people will come back for the characters yeah. and not necessarily for the media yeah exactly uh, and it's the same thing i think with mario but mario is like a bad example because i think all mario games are somewhat good mm -hmm. right it, it, it's there are pieces that are bad and uh, like fucking Mario Paint or some shit. I don't know. So, but that's that's the distinction. So, like, it goes on for way too long, and that's something that Gravity Falls like they had two seasons, and they did so much in two seasons. Yeah, no. So I just wanted to going back to like SpongeBob and everything. The whole point of that was to just like to, to find the the boundary between like wacky is what we've been calling it and like absurdity because I find like absurdity and Gravity Falls like hilarious. Like, there's the episode that I was watching. It had like a, a lifeguard dancing in the background, like just like really like robotically and i thought that was the funniest thing in the world like i just i was like that's so why is that there it's perfect it just it fits the show just keep it back he can stay there the whole episode it's just so there's a difference between like just doing are you i'm, I'm I just you're thinking about go. a bunch of different bits from the show now and i'm laughing yeah, at all of them they're just it's good it's really funny um Another thing that I want to talk about is just the animation is like so good. Like mm -hmm. there's so there's some scenes that you can tell like took a lot more effort. Like it's a lot smoother. Um, and that they're specifically like in the theme, like song and the theme. Like what is that? Is it just the theme or like what do you yeah, call like I don't the, know, the the intro? The intro, I guess. It's not the theme song. It's like the title, like the yeah, images that come or, up with yeah, them. Whatever. Um, that one is really well animated, and then all of like the incredible like fight scenes, like at the end of season one when they're fighting Gideon, um, and like the big robot suit, like that is so nice. And then at the very end of season two when they're fighting Bill Cipher. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, and it's the same with every animation. You can tell where they put the money. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not that hard to figure it out. It's mm -hmm. just. But but that's just good animation. That's how yeah. you do it. Is mm -hmm. you you put more money into the parts that are important, and then the parts where people are just talking to each other. You can just have 
static shots of people standing you don't have to animate any of anything but the face yeah exactly um, and that's yeah. how you do cheap animation but i mean yeah not even just that i mean i'm not saying that it's cheap animation well, no, i'm just like do it cheaply but it's it's all of it's great mm -hmm. like i love all of it i was just saying that like those specific scenes like are just like just so beautiful like they're just i could watch them on repeat all day yeah the one that sticks out in my mind is you telling the intro one and um it has this like friend sort of introduce the people kind of mm -hmm. shots and then it has the one with Dipper, and then he has a candle, and he turns That's around. so good, and he yes! Sees, I think, a skull on the wall, and then he, like, starts to drop the candle, and his arms flit around. And I just remember, it looks so good. And for yeah. what? It plays at the beginning of every episode. No one probably even fucking watches no, it. Notice, yeah. Right? But it's just so good. <sighs> that's what, that's the one that I'm talking about. Like, the whole intro is great, but that scene, like, you can tell, like, obviously, like, what we're saying, like, anybody who's, like, who likes, like, who analyzes media, even, like, to the smallest bit, you can tell, like, some shots are, like, better animated than others or mm -hmm. have more money put into them. And that scene specifically is just, oh, it's so good. The hand motion. Ah, oh, it's great. Um, and then so also the going on like story, it has a lot like more deeper like themes and things like that. And you're right. I mean, Alex Hirsch apparently was like really trying to push the boundary with those things. And there's a couple of things in there that are questionable. I mean, like Stan talks about like having magazines and uh, uh, Mabel at one point mentions to Dipper like, oh, don't look at his like Internet search history. I'm yeah. like, what are we doing here? What is these yeah, are 12 year olds. <laughs> There are definitely adult jokes, like, sprinkled throughout it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's just, like, adult moments. And not even, like, oh, adult moments, but, like, no. darker moments. Yeah, and, but there's no, like, violence in it or, like, drama or, like, the most violent. I, I was watching the end of season one and Gideon, like, is in this big, like, robot suit. He's, like, the bad guy for the first season and he, like, hits Dipper and Dipper's, like, nose starts bleeding and I'm like, oh, you know, we it's serious now when a character has blood. Yeah. And that's probably, like, I don't I don't know how often you can see characters bleeding on Disney Channel. No, I would right? say, like, that is probably the only time. And even then, it was, like, the smallest, like, little red dot under his nose. It mm. wasn't like it was gushing blood or anything. Yeah, it's and it's... That sort of sticks out. And then mid-season two, there's a, there's a scene with this ghost lumberjack. And they're in a room filled with... Or Dipper's in a room being haunted that's filled with, like, um, trophies. Like, mm -hmm. like, animal trophies. Um, and then all the trophies' mouths start bleeding and draining blood oh, from their mouths. Oh, really? Yeah, do you remember that scene? No. Oh, it's so sick. And I remember him talking about it. He's like, that is probably the hardest thing that was it, that I could have sold to Disney was that was this scene. I was like, but I, my, my thing was like, this has to happen or I can't do this episode and you guys get nothing. And it was just wow. like... Wow. It's like... I don't... I've watched this show so many times in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't remember this. I mean, they might have taken it, it off. off. Yeah. I, they, I distinctly mm. remember that scene. Distinctly. I was just about to say that. I wonder if they took it off. Like, because I yeah. haven't seen that. Um, and I'm thinking about... I don't know if this is the same episode, but they, they mention... They have passing mentions to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. They have... Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, it's so well... Um, written for adults as well it right? is it's yeah. not and like i wish we had brought a child onto the podcast with us to like discuss from their perspective because we can only discuss from adults perspective mm -hmm. and even when the show was coming out it was in 2012 so i was 11 years old I was and 12, so 13. we were right on the cusp of what we're talking about being mm -hmm. a child so we can't even really get into like what it's like for a child to experience this yeah, i mean we haven't even touched on the the show itself alex hirsch was obsessed with codes and yeah like, break, all code of the ciphers and, and everything that are in it the, yeah the show is 
filled to the brim, filled to the brim with secret codes. Every episode had a secret code in it. Yeah. Every single one. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you like decoded everything and you got everything, it would tell you a secret about what was actually going on. Because the show in and of itself is a mystery. Mm -hmm. It's very, um, what's the show? It's based, he's called Dipper Pines because it's based off of the fucking. I know uh, what you're talking about. What's the name of it? It's gonna kill me. Twin Peaks. That's what it Twin is. Peaks. Yeah. It's very, very like Twin Peaks esque, um, where it's just With, super like, yeah, conspiracies and mysteries. Conspiracies and, and mysteries. Yeah. And it's it's just so interesting that and engaging. Yeah. For all ages. Oh yeah. Um, to go and find that stuff. There were uh and again I'm gonna keep talking about the commentary because I just remember so much from it because I fucking adored it. That's what I should have been doing um, instead of rewatching. I should have watched the commentary. Watch the commentary. Um I remember him saying that like there were days when the codes would come out and it was like hours, less than hours, like five minutes, 10 minutes after it came out and people were emailing him with the codes and they're like, we figured it out. And he's like, it took me longer days to yeah, make this. It could, yeah. It took me longer to make the code than it did for you guys to break it. And that's mm-hmm. upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, it's so well planned. Like that's the other thing. And like, I think you see that with these shows that are like pushing the boundaries of what it means to like make children's media is that, like there's so much there's a deeper like underlying story throughout it there's an arc the characters have arcs the there's a point that you're getting to at the very end there's so much foreshadowing i mean spoilers if you haven't seen gravity falls go watch it i i this is one of the we you don't please i i really doubt that there's you haven't watched gravity falls i just sorry i just here's here's the thing there are very few pieces of media that i'm like pause the episode right now and go watch it i even though it's like a show and it's going to take you at least like 12, 13 hours of watching. Yeah, I get through the show at one night. It'll take you about nine hours. Yeah, it's just like, go watch it. It is easily and it's you're never going to get the experience of being able to watch it while it was coming out because all yeah. of the codes have been solved and all that stuff. And none of the theories are possible. But like, just go watch it and enjoy the show for what it is now, um, because it's still amazing. It's yeah. hilarious. It's well written. It's the comedic timing is golden. Oh my gosh, yes. Golden. And that's why the absurdity fits so well, mm-hmm. is because absurdity doesn't work unless your timing is correct. Yeah. Um, it's just everything about it. It's and it's weirdly relatable. That's you're hitting my topics. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. It's okay. <laughs> We're running out of time, so we gotta yeah. get through them fast. <laughs> it's really um, relatable. Yeah, go watch it. It's just go watch it. It's it's my favorite television show of all time, um, and Alex Hirsch is actually coming out with a Netflix original series. Really? Yep. His girlfriend, um, wife, girlfriend is animating. Gwife. A Gwife. I don't remember which one, but she's also animating a new show now um, called Owl House. Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. That one is also being pulled because uh, it was on Disney, and they're pulling it because it's too racy. Really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, Disney is mad. Disney's mad because it was at first it was Gravity Falls and then like now the Owl House is being either I don't remember if it's being too LGBTQ and that's not like and Disney's weird um, or if it's yeah, being weird. or if it's just being too like too adult. I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. I just remember reading somewhere that it was. I didn't know that it was taken off of Disney. I don't, think it was t- I don't think it's taken off, but they're definitely pushing hard against it right oh, now. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Interesting. And that's what I remember reading. No, but so um, go back to Gravity Falls. The pause the episode watch it and come back okay spoilers um stan the the 
Grunkle Stan, the great uncle that we've been watching for the whole first season, we find out in season two, he's actually a twin. And the 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 right the the person who wrote all the journals was his twin. And like, if you go back and watch season one, there's so much foreshadowing, so and I clues. hate it mm -hmm. so much. But it makes so much like you get a deeper understanding of his character when you go back and you watch it again because you see like he like. He has this weird, like, underlying resentment towards Dipper. Mm -hmm. of like, And Dipper is, like, who his twin was. His twin was, like, the really, like, the smart, the intellectual guy who, like, loved, like, adventures and, like, mystery hunting. And figuring things out. Yeah. And it was really... It was just, like... And, and then the reason he has that resentment is because he, he sees his brother in it. And, yeah. And the thing that happened between him and his brother caused him to resent his brother yeah. and yeah and, it's just... and, and that resent dipper and everything that he's like and that <sighs> like not wanting to like mystery hunt or anything like any like and all the the fake mysteries that he's made he's almost like i'm going way too deep into it but like stan like with all of like making the mystery shack and the place that they like live in and it's like this like tourist attraction that it's has a like tourist trap this bunch yeah. of fake shit but everybody falls, falls for, it. for it yeah but so like in that in and of itself is like him almost mocking his brother of like oh you want to find mysteries well look i will make all of these fake mysteries for you to discover like mm. i i don't know i yeah, just thought it was it's so just good. that weird weird relationship also i think I say that things are my favorite tidbit of knowledge all the time, but this one specifically <laughs> is really funny to me because people were figuring out the twist through the foreshadowing and all those yeah. secrets. So Alex Hirsch dropped a fake leak. Really? <laughs> to, to throw people off. Because people were figuring it out. Yeah. They were like, oh, is it is it this? Oh, and he's like, mm, I don't know. Is it that? And he's like, oh. no. <laughs> 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 sending emails to all the animators like fake something fake give me something wow. fake throw it out there <laughs> wow i love oh and when they they came out yeah that i mean the the show is like so like cognizant of itself and like when the when the twin like emerges out of like the portal zeus is like this better like line up with my fan fiction or i'm gonna be angry or something <laughs> like that yeah. like it's so they're good. always making fun of the fact that they know their fans yeah. are mad. Mm -hmm. um, they had this bit, uh, they have this recurring See, bit called Duck Detective, which is a TV show in the show. Um, and That is the, following <laughs> the same storyline as them. And they're making fun of it because the storyline sucks. <laughs> oh my God, he's so, he's so funny. Alex Hirsch yeah. is such a, a brilliant writer. And Gravity Falls is such a brilliant show. Mm -hmm. I cannot recommend it enough. If you listen past the spoiler warning, I'm so sorry because those are You're the... never going to experience that yet. Yeah, yeah, you're never going to get it. It's um but Jesus Christ, go watch it. It is so good. It is I'm thinking of all these bits that are still making me laugh yeah, that's to so this good. day and it's been probably 2 plus years since I watched that director's commentary or even any of those episodes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, we're running out of time. So let's move on to some. Did you get everything out? Um, I was just going to say it. Uh, we've talked a lot about how like it, it goes on like to adults and it's geared towards adults. But like on the surface, like if you're not even like looking that deep into like the story and like the foreshadowing and everything, it's still a show about like mythical creatures and dinosaurs and gnomes and zombies and all these things, which like a 10 year old or like a seven year old can appreciate yeah, watching I mean, it's a, still, a show about. It's still got yeah. those colors, but uh, I think it's it's not those overbearing colors that are mm -hmm. gross. It's very color paletted. Yeah, um, it's geared towards like. Girls and boys, I yeah, think, can enjoy I, yeah, it. Yeah, I think both can enjoy because it, it has... I mean, because it's got a girl and a boy character that yeah. each have their own little, like, things that go with them. And so, like, parts yeah. that are about Dipper um, typically are, like, more boy-central. Yeah. And then parts that are about, are about Mabel are more girl-central, even though, like, 
it's definitely making fun of. They're both like I just realized they're both going for like romance. Like Mabel is constantly like trying to get like a boy to like fall in love with her, and but like any boy, and then yeah. Dipper is trying to get Wendy, Wendy to, fall to fall in, in love with him. Um, and I think it's it's funny because the girls are probably more interested in the Wendy romance than they are in, in the Mabel romances. Yeah, and I, I, th- I just think it's funny how they're both caricatures, mm-hmm. right? Of of what the other one's trying to achieve. Yeah, right, isn't all that? The time. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah. Dipper is always trying to like be surrounded by these mysteries and understand things, and Mabel always falls into and, crazy shit mm-hmm. and then like finds her way out, and then it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then Mabel's always trying to find boys, and then Dipper is like just in love with this girl, and this and he keeps getting these moments that are really wholesome and pretty. Yeah. It's just so great. It's so well written. Um, okay. Recommendations. Yes, recommendations. <laughs> to recommend something that was told to me by some people i was talking to earlier today uh bluey have you heard of bluey i have yes it is geared towards more of the kindergarten age of children's media but from what i've heard um and for what i've seen i was gonna say i've seen like bits um, on like instagram and things like that it is it's really really well done it's it's sort of one of those i don't want to compare it to peppa pig because peppa pig sucks ass what? Oh my god, it's so terrible. I, I hate love Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Oh, go die in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Peppa it. It's Pig. Peppa Pig is the annoying version of, of Bluey. Um, even though Bluey I came don't later. I think Peppa Pig was annoying. <laughs> she is. You watch it now. I know, probably if I watch it now. Yeah. I just remember it through like a child's eye. Yeah. Um No, but Bluey t- touches it's like one of those learning every episode is sort of a learning experience for Bluey and for the kids. Mm-hmm. And um, but the characters are such a believable real family mm-hmm. um, that and they go through like legit real world problems. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I lost my toy. Can you find my toy? Mm-hmm. And then you and then they find the toy at it's the like end on the shelf in the background. Yeah, or something. it's, it's yeah. fucking stupid. Um, it's real world problems like miscarriages. Yeah. Like um, deaths in the family when your grandma passes away. And it's uh, emotional, like intelligence, how yeah. to like handle like being to, sad and angry. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just, oh, well, fucking sorry that you're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's not like making fun of the characters that are being mean. It's it's actively teaching children what the real world is like mm-hmm. it's not sugarcoating it it's not making it seem it's not dumbing it down like it's yeah. it's it's respecting the emotional intelligence of children because children are emotionally intelligent they just need to be taught like how to deal with their emotions mm-hmm. and they don't know that yet um and i think that blue does a really really good job of just all the things we've been talking about pandering towards adult audiences as well as not being annoying like the characters are believable the parents feel like actual adults they don't feel like i'm a parent in a child's show yeah it feels like we're adults we have to talk to our kids about the fact that their grandma is passing away mm-hmm. um it doesn't feel it doesn't feel pandery it doesn't feel like they're just like oh we need to make a kid's show it feels very much like we're trying to teach kids how like to actual like life lessons like how to handle yourself in these situations it's so good and that's something we need more of yes um in the world and so yeah that's my recommendation i don't know what to recommend well you're uh, a loser and i'm done because that's with a the real episode. i know i'm great you this can is just... what it feels like to be you and be done with the episode while i'm sitting there doing nothing 
oh, the weight is lifted off my chest. Yeah, while I sit here for like 10 minutes and try and find a, a recommendation. And it's like stress. Yeah. And you're just like, shit, the longer I take, the longer I have to sit here and the longer he has to sit here listening to that. that but I don't mind you sitting here. Like, I don't, you can sit here all day. This is fine. That's true. But when it's the other way around, you have places to be. This is true. I and, do have places to be. And you have be. important things to do. So I guess now it's just... Oh, okay. Um... And now you can say silly jokes into the, the mic while we're waiting. Yeah, but they'll actually be funny and stay in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to recommend Adventure Time. It's along the kind of the same lines of like we're saying, like with uh, Gravity Falls, it's absurd, like humor and it's um it's adventure. It's going on like yeah, hunts yeah. and for again, like goblins and like zombies and yeah, things like it's that. It's more like a more like RPG absurd <laughs> mm. um, than it is like mythical absurd. Um, and it's more fantastical, I would yeah. say. Um but like we were saying, like it starts out really simple, and then as it goes on, it got a little more complicated. And then they were like, "Oh, we don't like that you're getting complicated." Yeah. Um, and so they stopped airing it. And then at the ending, it just got super complex. And then all of the lore starts sort of fitting in. That's when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, and then they're like, "Oh yes, LGBT as well." Um, but we know you guys didn't like that, but suck but it. But here it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're um, gonna do it anyways. And then yeah, and then now it's had a it's had a couple spinoffs. Uh, I had a spinoff like. I think movie or small series, mini series, um, with Princess Bubblegum and Marceline, uh, as well as a BMO spinoff where BMO is, is doing his That's own cool. So yeah, I mean, Adventure Time is great. I think it's another uh, good example of, of solid, absurd comedy. I don't think that one's for like everyone. I feel like that one's very specific type of humor. Um, but yeah, I would say yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's more of a more of a niche. specific type, more of a niche, but. It's also really, really well written in mm -hmm. some aspects. There are definitely those episodes where you can tell, like, the main writers were just like, okay, someone go do this. I need to deal yeah, with Cartoon I Network. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining us on this, on this intellectual journey, guys. Um, are you good? Yeah, I'm looking up the... Adventure Time Stakes. Came out in 2015. Yeah, I, I think so. This. I don't know. Maybe it's either that. It was pretty recent. There's also Fiona and Cake, um, but that's not really like a spinoff. They just had a couple of episodes. I think they're actually spinning that off into a Hulu series. Is it series. really being? Yeah. I think Hulu's picking that up. But HBO Hulu. Max. HBO Max. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. I, I know what I said. I'm a... Cool. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, okay. so thanks for joining us on this intellectual journey. I said that again. Um, uh, just, um, bye. Bye. for the Intellectually Impoverished is hosted by Trey Taylor-Smith and Miranda Randy Zapes. Produced by Cam Ritchie and edited by Kat Trapella. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MFTIIPodcast. Subscribe to our YouTube at Media for the Intellectually Impoverished or email us at MFTIIPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.